Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome to On The Pace. On a Monday, December the 12th, two days after the Inter-Dominions were held at Melton and it was, again, a new South Wales Inter-Dominion victory for the second year running. Jason Grimson trained the winner last year via the inquiry room, this year via the passing lane. I cast no shadow as the Inter-Dominion pacing champion for 2022. Last year it was a young driver in Josh Gallagher. This year it's another young driver in Cameron Hart who did the job and he had the horse in the trail behind Act Now and was too good up the passing lane. A magical last 18 months for both Jason Grimson and for Cameron Hart. Cameron joins us this morning. Cameron, now it's sunk in. How does it feel to be an Inter-Dominion champion at the age of 23? Yeah, morning, Mick. No, it just feels incredible. Um, still can't believe it. Uh, you know, growing up, I've always wanted to win the Inter-Dominion, and I know a lot of people... Um, you know, that have strived to do it and, and haven't been able to. It's not an easy thing to do, so I've sort of just pinched myself at this stage. Mate, for those who don't know your backstory, obviously you're one of the leading drivers in New South Wales. It was, what, less than 18 months ago. You had your first Group 1 winner at Wagga on your home track. It's been a remarkable 18 months since, and that 18 months um, probably encapsulated by your 200-metre burst up the passing lane on Saturday. Yeah, it's been a big 18 months for sure. And, you know, you've got to put that down to just getting a lot of good support here in Sydney. And I'm just really enjoying my driving at the moment, being able to travel around, you know, Australasia to these carnivals. It's definitely, don't take it for granted. And, yeah, just really enjoying my time at the moment. Um, your father is obviously the track curator at one of the galloping tracks uh, in the Riverina region, but a lot of people wouldn't know that you have, I think, I'll get this right, Cameron, I think it's your grandfather or your great-grandfather actually won the Inter-Dominion in 1972. So talk to us about the family background in harness racing. Yeah, so that's um, George Harpley won it uh, in 74, so I think it's 50, yeah, nearly 50 years So since that win, and um, yeah, that was a big thrill for the family back then, and be able to do it again with Matthew for them down in Dunee and yeah my I've probably you know been taught everything I know from my uncle Trevor White which is um, my mum's brother so uh, I've got got him to think as well he sort of you know brought me through the grades down in the Riverina and um, then I was able to make the step to Sydney so that's sort of where it all started for me. Who taught you Cam how to sit in the cart who taught you how to treat the horse because um, often, people who watch a lot of harness racing, they, they like the way people sit. If they sit in the cart well and they look like they belong there, it's a big start. You look like you belong there, and quite clearly you do. Where did that come from? Who was the people who taught you through the early stages of driving horses? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my Uncle Trevor, he, he's such a good horseman, and he's been a great trainer driver for a long time in the Riverina. You know, we grew up. I remember when we were about three years old, leading horses around and doing this and that at the stables with him. And yeah, I've definitely got him to thank. He, he taught me how to, you know, train one and drive one and, and look after a horse. So, you know, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
Did you ever think about doing something else? You've sort of got a, a halfbacks build. Did you play a bit of footy? Did you ever think to yourself there was something else in your life that was going to usurp harness racing? Yeah, I played a bit of footy growing up, and I, I did love it. Um, I was a halfback as well, funnily enough. But, yeah, I probably didn't put on the size. Um, you know, when I was about 14, 15, they were getting a bit big for me. So um, I thought driving might be a better career move, and luckily it worked out. But, yeah, it's... Um, Yes, I've always probably, yeah, I've always wanted to be a driver and I was hoping it'd work out. Lucky enough it has. You talk about your uncle's impact on your career, but of course these days you're based at Menangle. So uh, you're one of the leading drivers in the state, but you're still very young. Who's your go-to man or woman? Who's the person that you speak to if you're not quite sure about driving or you you want to tighten up your game? Oh, there's been so many people I could mention um, yeah, that have helped me out over the years, especially yeah, being in Sydney, but um, Darren Binskin's probably one that stands out. He's been a good mentor of mine since I've been here, and he's a good friend, and, and David Wade as well. He's been a big supporter of mine, and um, you know, I get on really well with Dave. So they're both guys that have been in the industry a, a very long time, and um, you know, whenever I need anything or any advice, they're always there to help me. What about your driving career? Does it help that you're not linked to a stable every morning, Cam? I mean, obviously not having to be working eight hours a day before you drive to the races. Do you find that more or less freelance driving keeps you fresh mentally to do that job? Yeah, definitely. You know, I was used to work at mornings when I first you know, moved to Sydney, but definitely just freed me up and it kept me sort of loving it week in, week out. It can be a bit of a grind when you're... You know, getting up in the mornings and doing track work and then going to the races every day just sort of becomes a job whereas um, you know at the moment I'm just really enjoying the week racing and it, um, yeah it definitely just frees me up and I can sort of move around um, throughout the, the carnivals through Australasia which is where I want to be and um, yeah it's really working out at the moment. Do you think it makes you a better driver the fact that a month ago you were at Addington against Blair Orange and Mark Purden in winter, you'll be at Albion Park. Do you think it makes you better by taking in more information and the ways that more people do things? Yeah, definitely, for sure. You know, you can always learn something off, off anyone and to be, um, you know, up against the best, you know, all year round, it's um, definitely good for my career and it's definitely probably uh, pushed my career a little quicker um, to be able to be amongst these kind of trainers and drivers. Um, yeah, really lucky that way. Talk to us about Jason Grimson. He's been a huge part of your success because you do most of the big name driving for him. Um, he doesn't come out a lot in the media and talk about himself. He, he's a very shy sort of guy, but clearly he can train. Is he a guy who gallops his horses? Does he heat train his horses? Is he a person who swims his horses? Because um, he's a bit of a mystery man, but one who obviously has a, an enormous amount of ability as a trainer. Yeah, he just he, he likes to keep his um, his team quite small, Mick, and I think that's a, a big part of it. You know, there's a, a lot of good trainers around, but I, I just feel like sometimes they get you know these big numbers, and it can be really hard to manage. So he, he's done well to to keep his numbers down, so he can put that one-on-one detail into every horse, and he just um, you know he's really good at working out what each individual horse wants and, and needs, and and what you know makes them happy. So. It's just whatever the horse really wants. He, he's just got a knack for working out and making happy. And, and, you know, when you've got a happy horse, they race well. 
This Inter Dominion didn't start the way you wanted. Majestic Cruiser was your top seed. He was actually the tab favourite for the series, and things didn't go his way. Long story short, he just missed the final. When he missed the final field, Majestic Cruiser, did you think your chances of winning Inter Dominion 22 were over? I definitely didn't think they were over, but I was, yeah, I was pretty upset about it, um, you know, initially. But you move on pretty quick. But yeah, he's um, he's been such a good horse for us. So you know, I was pretty confident if he'd gotten into the final that he, that he would have run a good race. And um, you know, it's funny how everything works out. It, it's worked out perfect now that we've won with Carfe. But um, yeah, it's still very unfortunate that, that horse didn't get a crack. But uh, he'll be back. I cast no shadow is an unusual horse. He's a chestnut. There's not a lot of chestnuts racing in harness racing and even fewer at the absolute top level. Um, what sort of horse is he? Because he looks to me like a horse who, who doesn't seem to want to burn too hard early, even though he has gate speed, but he seems to be a horse who, once he gets into a rhythm, can pace very quick sectionals. Yeah, you're right, Mick. Um, you know, that's how he's probably started off his race with Jace at Menangali. We never really busted him off the gate and he, um, you know, once he, he settled and you could pretty well just drive him however you wanted, but, um, you know, he's got a really high cruising speed that you've seen, you know, in the final 26 full down the back and he's running over the leader. He, he can really cruise high sectional, so he's, um, you know, he's a lovely horse to drive. It's going to present some interesting um, choices for you at different stages of the season because I presume if they both come back to their best, Majestic Cruiser and I cast no shadow are going to be going head-to-head. Um, I know it may depend on form at the time, it may depend on barrier draws, but you might be forced at some stage, Cam, to jump off your Inter-Dominion winner. Yeah, it could quite possibly happen. I, I do like Majestic Cruiser. He's my favourite, even still. So, um, you know, but it is a business, so we'll just have to see, uh, yeah, like you said, how, how the horses come back and, and, you know, barrier draws and all those things. So just, um, you know, take it by you, but um, yeah, it's hard decisions like this, so, you know, you like to be able to drive all the good horses if you can, but it's just part of the business. Alright, it's I suppose over the weekend um, along with celebrating, you've had a chance to, to catch your breath and think about what next. You've won an Inter-Dominion, you're 23. What's the next target? Well, I mean, obviously there's races to be won and you'd like to win all of them, but what's the one you want to win now? Because I asked you that question six months ago and you said to me the Inter-Dominion, so you got one. Is it a miracle mile? Or Cam has popping across the Tasman given you a taste for something like the New Zealand Cup? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, the miracle mile is the top of the tree and, and you know, that's the one that I really want, but... I really want to take out a big one in New Zealand after getting a taste in the New Zealand Cup and the race, you know, to run a second in both of those. I'd love to get over again next year and hope the horses are going well enough so that we can have a good shot at it. What about the New South Wales Premiership? You've missed two weeks. Um, where do things stand at the moment for those who have lost count? Because about a month ago, you were just in front. Uh, a couple of weeks to go in the season. Where do you stand now? Yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest, Mick. Um, I know when I left for Melbourne, I was 20 or 30 in front, so I had a pretty good gap on it. But, yeah, we'll do a little bit of driving this week, but I haven't actually looked at um, yeah, whether anyone's closed in on me or not. 
Does it matter, the premiership? Once you're driving into Dominion Champions, do you still care about a premiership or the fact you're still young and you still want to rack a couple of these up before you go into national? Um, is it something you do want to win? Yeah, it's definitely um, was a goal of mine and I was lucky enough to win it last year. So I guess once you got one under the belt, it, it takes a little bit of the, the pressure off um, the premierships and things like that. It's just always nice to win one, but... Um, yeah, I guess um, moving forward, I, I just want to be uh, concentrating on the, the green circuit and really getting some big wins. Um, you know, it's always nice to get a lot of wins throughout the season, but, um, you know, I really want to be competing against the best um, year round, and that's sort of what my aim is uh, coming into next season. Eventually, in harness racing, Cam, the USA gets brought up, North America. We know Dexter Dunn, Todd McCarthy, Andy McCarthy very successful there. Luke McCarthy has been successful there. Have you ever thought about it, or is it a case that because you are quite young and we've had COVID restrictions, you haven't had a chance to get your teeth into the US? Um, is it something you're going to try to explore at some stage of your career? Yeah, definitely make it really interesting. And, you know, I'd love to do a couple of trips um, over the next couple of years just to I haven't been over there before, so just to check it out and, and see how it all works. And um, yeah, I definitely think it suit my driving style, and love to you know go and be how I match up against a few of the good drivers over there for sure. All right, Cam. Well, how's, how's the rest of life going, Cam? We know you're a, you're a, not a married man. You don't have any children, so uh, there's a bit of a rumour bouncing around that you actually purchased a, a new BMW recently. So obviously, you seem to be enjoying the spoils of your of your victories. Are you a guy who's Saving for a house? Are you going to set up shop in Menangle? What's what's Cam Hart's life look like? Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I can't complain. I've, I've brought a house a, a few years ago when a couple of years in um, when I first moved to Sydney. So I'm sort of set up here now and really happy where I am. And yeah, don't really spoil myself too much. But when I do, I usually do it pretty big. So um, yeah, enjoy driving the Beamer to the races. And um, yeah, it's all working out really well at the moment. Well, Cam, it's a work expense. Um, you've earned it, mate. Uh, congratulations on Saturday night. I know it's a lot of pressure for a young man to be driving in these races, and you're, you're driving on both sides of the Tasman. Lots of people thrilled for you and for Jason and Diane Riley, who owns the horse. Um, you know there's also a lot of obligations on a Sunday morning and a Monday morning when someone can be often, shall we say, quite tired. So, Cam, we appreciate you coming on the show, and congratulations again on becoming an Interdominion champion. Thanks, Mick. I appreciate it. It's Cameron Hart, um, wonderful young driver, outstanding. Uh, I've seen plenty, and the way he sits in the cart, you know straight away when you see him, and the way he's driving on both sides of the Tasman in all sorts of states, he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him and to Jason Grimson on the job I cast no shadow did. Another man who has driven an Inter-Dominion winner times two is Greg Sugars. He drove the Inter-Dominion trotting winner last season in Murray Law. He doubled down on Saturday night by driving Just Believe to win. This one would have been so much more special because he trains the wife with his horse, uh, the horse with his wife, Jess Tubbs. And Greg, as I say, welcome to you. Congratulations. Um, I presume it feels that much more amazing when you have your hands on a horse like Just Believe every day. And you can share this moment with your wife, Jess. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. Spot on there. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, it's been well documented before, and I've said said uh, on on interviews with you that how special winning an Inter Dominion was was for me. Um, it was always, you know, a career 
aim and a, um, you know an absolute dream to do so. But yeah, you're spot on that um, having this one that we, we can share with a, a family involvement uh, such as as we have here at Lara J Farm was just something special. You had to drive them inch perfectly. Um, I was saying on the coverage on Saturday night, you had to drive it like a mile race. Keep your nose clean, go around at the mile, not go too fast, conserve energy, but still get them. It was actually quite similar to when you won the Bill Collins mile a couple of months ago, even though it was a lap longer. Was that sort of in the back of your mind? Was it in the back of your mind to make it to your advantage by getting there, but not putting too much pressure on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, You summed it up very, very well. Um, in, in your coverage uh, pre-race, which I sort of listened to you know, yesterday, um, that yeah, that's pretty much the mindset we we went into the race with. Like we knew, obviously, we couldn't get involved in anything tactically early, and basically, um, you know, we just had to let the others sort themselves out and hope that they did a little bit of work. Um, you know, in the early stages, um, you know, knowing full well that. Uh, there's a fair chance that through the middle stages of the race they would back off and that would be an opportunity to put him in the race and um, you know we're more than happy to sort of do that because um, we knew we had the horse that uh, it's very versatile he has great racing manners and and you know we're pretty confident that he'd be able to go sit there and, and he wouldn't do anything silly and, and would uh, allow me to sort of rate rate the race um, as it needed to be done and um, yeah thankfully it just worked out perfect for us. Well, we, we both got that part right, Greg, but the part I wasn't sure about was the 200-metre mark because Majestioso got away on you, and I thought he almost might disconnect from you, and often when that happens with the horse and they can't get into a fight, I thought he might get enough on you, but you just managed to hold his rump enough that I could see Just Believe when you went for him became a racehorse again, and you could see them racing down the straight. Did you think you were going to get him? Because I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was an interesting one, and like basically, yeah, like I said, the, the early and middle stages of the race were pretty self-explanatory. But the only thing I was really conscious, sort of turning into the back straight, that we didn't uh, put our foot to the floor too far out because I was worried about the, the two runners um, back to the inside. Um, you know, I knew they'd finish off strongly. So yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a matter of trying to do a, enough um, without being over the top at that point in time, and. Um, yeah, when Kate actually put the foot down, it you know just past the, the 400, or I suppose it was, and she pinched about a length on me. I sort of had that moment. That I thought, geez, I've I, I've underdone here. I've, I've let it get it uh, too cheap off the back. So um, yeah, I was concerned uh, when she initially put that brake on me. But um, having said that, I knew that when I asked my fellow the question, he would fight it right to the line. And um, yeah, shortly after straightening up, even though I was still giving her a bit of a margin. I was pretty confident, you know, I was going to get very, very close if I didn't, in fact, get her. I, I knew I'd be right there. What sort of horse is he? Because I had a good look at him in the heats and he, he seems to not take a lot out of himself. He he almost looks a rinse and repeat horse. You turn up, he goes round in circles. He actually looks very sound, as much as I could tell. He looked like one of those horses who would do the same job at Yarra Valley on a Tuesday afternoon that he would do under the big shiny lights on a Saturday night and, and seems to enjoy going to work. Yeah, spot on there. He, he's just an absolute tradesman. He's a, um, you can't really fault him. He, he's a yeah, lovely horse. He's got uh, touch wood. He's got no uh, maintenance issues really at, at all uh, that we have to worry about. So he's quite an easy horse to train. Uh, very resilient. Like the three runs in a week took no harm whatsoever. Um, yeah, he licks his feed bin clean every morning and night. And um, yeah, just a, just a pleasure to be around really. And 
Um, yeah, like I say, he's very, very tradesman-like on, on the track. Uh, just does what he sort of has to do. But you know, he, he tries his heart out. Um, you know, when when the when the race is there to be won, he, he sort of keeps sticks head out. So, um, yeah, he, he's got such a such a lovely attitude and a nature, kind nature about himself that if every horse that walked through your, your stable barn was um, was like him, um, yeah, it would make life a lot easier. Greg, you didn't get much chance to celebrate the victory because two races later you were in the Inter-Dominion pacing final with Better Eclipse. And this was a race, Greg, we're a long way from home. You and everybody else in the second half of the field was in trouble. Act now was free-rolling in front. Uh, all the horses on the marker pegs had their chance. Do you sometimes feel in a big race like that when things are going that way that, hey, look, we're going to struggle to get into this? Yeah, definitely. You know, that was sort of... I was always looked hard, um, you know, on paper for us to say we we're going to, you know, get get into the race at all. And, yeah, it was pretty evident pretty much once we'd sort of gone, um, I suppose, a lap that we knew there yeah, the second half of the field and basically all the horses off the fence were really going to struggle to get into the race just the way it all unfolded. Um, so, yeah, we basically had to... Uh, um, take shortcuts there and hope we got away through late and you know it sort of worked out okay the second half of the race for us as far as getting a run through but yeah we were just given you know those horses too big a start and they obviously got home in very fast sectionals still so yeah tough race for, for anything that was sort of off the fence and, and certainly in the second half field. He seems to be learning better Eclipse and still has more to learn what's the pathway for him because he's been successful at Menangle in the past is he a hunter cup horse? Is he a miracle mile horse? And, and Greg, can you do those horses justice by racing in both those races? Because obviously if you go hunter cup first weekend of February, you have to go into a prelude or a heat of the miracle mile. Can you keep them up at their absolute peak for that whole month? It's pretty tough and I suppose it all depends on the, each individual horse and, and what their preparation has been sort of even long term um, moving into those. But um, I, I think, yeah, personally, like we've got the Big Bread series coming up straight away now for four-year-olds for better Eclipse. So at this stage, we, we plan on going going to that, and then you'll probably have a let-up, and then we'll look at going to Sydney. So at this stage, yeah, most likely we'll, we'll avoid um, Hunter Cup with him. So, um, yeah, not to say that certain other horses won't be sort of targeting all those races, but um, for us, we think, yeah, he, he's done an amazing job this time around, and um, because he was so powerful and... Um, through the Menangle style of racing, we think that's probably his main main aim. Greg, we know you went absolutely crazy on Saturday night celebrating. You, you sat on the couch and you had nachos, had your blanket over your knees. So um, <laughs> I know you're not 55, but you celebrated like you were. <laughs> um, is it a case when you get to the end of these days? I've spoken to, to many top trainers about this, particularly in harness racing. You're just so tired. You want to get the horses home safe and have something to eat. Yeah, exactly right. That was, you know, that's kind of our our weekly uh, tradition after Melton. Anyway, coming home and uh, you know, as much as we'd have loved to sort of get out there and celebrate, but it's just been yeah a long couple of weeks. And by the time we got home and got inside, we were just yeah re- ready to sit on the couch. So um, yeah, we let our hair down a little bit more yesterday and, uh, and went out for tea last night and uh, enjoyed ourselves a bit more. So. Um, yeah, we've still got a little bit of party left in us, but certainly after after a long week, um, yeah, Saturday night, we were happy just to be tucked up on the couch. We spoke to Cam Hart before you came on the show about what races he would like to win. He's very young, he's only 23, but 
You're only, I'm guessing, Greg, mid-30s. Actually, I want, I'll ask you there. How old are you? I'm 38. 38, so, yeah, I'm getting up That's close enough to mid. That's close enough to mid. We'll forgive you the nachos on the couch for that one. What's a race you'd like to win? What's a race, or races? Um, Being a Victorian, is there more of a leaning toward a Hunter Cup, or is the Miracle Mile now, because it's one of the richest, or the Holy Grail? What's a race that Greg Sugars would like to win, or is it, in fact, of course, the Inter-Dominion Pacing Final? Yeah, definitely an Inter-Dominion Pacing Final is, is still probably... Um, yeah, top of my list. So yeah, now now that I've tasted success in the Trotters uh, a couple of times, I, I definitely would love to get a pacing uh, title to my name. And but outside of that, I, I think a Miracle Mile was probably probably the next um, next main race that I would really love to win. But there's so many of them out there. You know, Hunter Cups, Victoria Cups, New Zealand Cup would be sensational. Like you know, you just certainly wouldn't knock back any of those sort of sort of races that's what um that's what we all sort of strive to achieve so um yeah hopefully uh i've got a few uh a few more attempts at those sort of things um in the years to come this week the vic bridge series starts in victoria greg do you have a horse for us to follow for the, the sky sport radio listeners is there a horse out there that we should be looking at or putting into our race tracker for uh for the vic bread for g sugars and j tubs um We've got quite a few representatives throughout the series in different categories, but we really like um, trotting two-year-old trotting filly by the name of Cognati. Um, he won the Redwood, um, you know, a couple of months back. So, yeah, really hopeful um, for her, and um, probably another trotter actually, four-year-old mare um, Visionary. Um, she's owned by the same syndicate that owned Just Believe, actually, and uh, yeah, we, we've got a lot of time for her. So they're probably our two two main uh, big bred horses, I think, moving forward. Mate, a lot of people thrilled for you, thrilled for Jess, whose father, Alan, was a legend in the industry, the late Alan, and he, of course, um, trained some wonderful horses himself. Mate, uh, glad you got to have your nachos, glad you got to get your second into the minion, Greg, and thank you for your time leading into the series, and congratulations on, on a job well done. It's not easy to clean sweep the Inters, and you and Jess have managed to pull that off. Thanks a lot, Mick. Uh, it was a huge thrill for us all, and uh, thanks for all your coverage. Um, it's been sensational. The Nacho Man, Greg Sugars, who became a two-time Inter-Dominion champion winner. We were going to talk to Nathan Turnbull today. I'm not sure if we were able to get hold of him for a quick winner out of Canberra tonight, but I think he might be on the track because uh, he's a very busy man. He's been absolutely training up a storm. Just check with our team whether Nathan's been available to us. I don't think he is. And we've only got two minutes to go. We'll park Nathan. We'll get him on Wednesday morning because he'll be off the Bathurst just on that front. There is racing tonight at Canberra. And the first race there kicks off at... Uh, 5.41, so 5.41, then we head to Menangle tomorrow, plenty of huge harness racing coming up, the Vic Bread series starts there, we have just finished some regional finals in New South Wales, and we're going to have Menangle tomorrow night, to tomorrow, and then Wagga tomorrow night, before we head, and of course, to the big Bathurst night on Boxing Day, so... Stick around with us on Sky Sport Radio over the next couple of weeks. We are going to continue on the pace through Christmas and New Year. So if you're having a break, don't worry. We'll have you covered on the harness racing front. And myself and Brittany, Graham and Fred will try and find you some winners during that period. But once again, New South Wales has produced the Inter-Dominion Pacing Champion. It is I Cast No Shadow. Congratulations to Jason Grimson, to Cameron Hart. And to the state itself, because since Menangle has come into operation, 
New South Wales' record in the Grand Circuit has gone up exponentially because the horses who race at Menangle, week in, week out, get so fit, they have become the best-performed horses in Australian harness racing. If you build it, they will come. They built Menangle. It's made the horses better. And New South Wales rules the roost again at the Interdoms. Thank you for listening on a Monday morning. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed the coverage of the Interdominions over the weekend. As I said, plenty more coming up on Sky Sport Radio on the harness racing front. The next on the pace will be with Brittany Graham at 10.30 on Wednesday morning.